welcome to Becca's World. I'm your host, Blind Becca, and today we're recording the next episode of The Blind View. Today we're going to discuss this crazy situation with the schools here in America and all these questions that people are having about whether or not we should send our children back to school and what school is going to look like this year. So this is what we're discussing today, and today Joetta's joining me. How are you, Joetta? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. So, Joetta, how do you feel about the current situation with the schools and, you know, everything that's going on? Frankly, I think that the president has absolutely lost what's left of his mind because if there's already a second wave of coronavirus out, why risk the future just because, you know, he says all kids need to go to school? I mean, you're putting, what, millions of kids at risk? For this, uh-uh. And now, from what I was hearing on the news this morning, they're talking about they might have a vaccine anywhere from a year to a year and a half out from now. What's that gonna do about now? So, Joetta, are you suggesting then that we should wait for a year and a half to send our kids back to school till there's a virus available, or till there's a vaccine available? No, what I'm saying is that Maybe people need the ones that can stay home, like some parents that don't, you know, we can work from home, uh, work on more homeschooling things, or get them involved in like um, Connections Academy, which is an online school. K-12 is another online school. Both of those are free. Um, start investing in those programs and getting their kids involved in school that way because right now this does not look good. I mean, it's either that or find up with your kid in the hospital and you're screaming blue bloody murder because you're like, why did I send my kid to school? Well, as, as someone whose children are still a child of school age, I personally would like to see my children back in school because it's been, they've lost a great deal of time in their education. And it's so important that they have that structured learning environment. And I'm just devastated at what my children have missed the last several months because of this quarantine. And, and not only does it affect our children right now this year, but what about the next few years? What about their entire lives? You know, if they don't repeat what they've lost, if they're just pushed on through, it's going to really devastate their future. And this is happening to an entire generation of children, not just one or two. You know, when my, when my learning was, when my development was devastated when I was 12 years old, it greatly impacted my learning. And what our, what the entire generation of children have gone through in the last several months is going to greatly impact their learning. And I think it's really important that we get our kids back into school and get them back into that structured learning ASAP. And all of the, um, all of the findings that are coming out about this virus seem to indicate that our children are very, very tolerant to the virus. They have very strong immune systems and the virus doesn't hardly affect them. So if we simply protect those of us in our population who are vulnerable, the elderly, the infirm, the people with medical conditions that make them high risk, I think the lion's share of our children can get back to school safely. I think it's very important that we do so. 
Okay, but see, you can still do structured learning through home at all, all as well. Because I have two or three friends of mine, this is what they do. They homeschool their kids because they don't want them in the mainstream. Because the way they feel about it is this. Um, getting into the mainstream and wind up getting into bad behaviors, meeting other kids uh, that, you know, elicit bad behavior. Not saying all of them do. I'm just saying this is the way they think. And um, they have them structured out. They have six hours set aside every day. There's hours set aside for social studies. There's hours set aside for math and science. They actually go out on field trips. So they actually do all this stuff with their kids. So it can be done at home. It's just that you have to be able to be as, um, how do I say it, disciplined enough to where your kids will get everything they need. The only thing that's missing from homeschooling to school, main school, dream schooling is the socialization thing. And they do do that. They, have their friends come, they do have their friends come over and stuff, but they'd rather them be structured in an environment where they can just really sit down and buckle down and do what they need to do. Yeah, I understand all of that, but I have to tell you, I really feel like in our schools, not only do our children get the socialization, but the structure that is provided in the school environment is so fundamentally necessary for them to have, you know, a high retention rate in what they're learning. I really feel like the retention rate and what they're learning from the computer screen right now is probably pretty minimal compared to what they were retaining when they were sitting in front of their teacher, listening her, listening to her and seeing her in person. And you know what I mean? Him or her, whatever, you know, their teacher happened to be. But does that make sense? Yeah and no. Because I'm going to tell you what happened when I was going to school. Okay. Okay. We had some teachers now. And I'm not saying this is everywhere. But and I know you ran into them yourself. You have some teachers that the only thing they're concerned with is that you're there in the classroom, you copy down the assignment, but when they are on the board trying to explain it and the student still doesn't understand it, they usually only go through it one time and one time only and they do not take the time to sit down and work with the kids. Back when I was going to school, there were three teachers like that, but I had one. <coughs> Excuse me. I had one teacher, Mrs. Sewell. She was a math teacher. This lady, and it's very rare to have teachers like this nowadays, and I really wish there were more of them. She actually kept me after school one day because she called my mom and told her that she was keeping me after school because she saw where I was having problems. She kept me after school twice a week and worked with me one-on-one -on -one until I got the grasp of what I was trying to get, get in her classroom. Now, I'm not saying all teachers are like that nowadays because, frankly, let's face it, teachers are scared to really reach out to the students because students are bringing weapons to school, students are getting more belligerent and aggressive, 
parents are just as bad. So teachers are kind of like more reticent to reach out when they see a child that needs help because they don't know how that child's going to react or their parents are going to react. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it makes it harder for that teacher who knows there's students out there that need the help, but they're afraid to reach out because they're not sure how that's going to be taken. Now, there are some good things to homeschooling, though. Um, I've mm -hmm. had some, some other friends of mine who are parents point out to me that through the homeschooling, like the online schooling, as parents, we'll have a better grip on what these teachers are actually teaching our children. You know, exactly. so that will be a huge win, not only for the students, but for the parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think in the long run, that will help all of America once our children, once we have more control of what our children are being taught. Uh-huh. And that's something that has been missing for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, and maybe parents can have some input, too, then. Right. But see, here's the thing. Like, nowadays, they'll say, life has gotten crazier, right? Admit that, right? Life's gotten crazier. Yeah. Okay. Back when I was going to school, and I'm sure back when you were going to school, the PTA meetings, parent-teacher conferences, homeroom, all that stuff, right? Yep. You don't see that nowadays, do you? Mm -mm. Well, they, they were doing that at my son's school in Montana, um, but now they're doing the online things. I'm not sure how it looks right now. Because so. I know when I was going to school, oh, believe my mother was up front and center. When my kids were going to school, I was up front and center. Uh, whenever something was going down with my kids, all mm -hmm. I told her to do was call me, I'm coming, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'd show up. And um, we'd sit down, we'd talk about it. I'd get my child in there and I'd say, okay, this is what's going to happen. And I, may, I backed up the teacher to make sure that they understood this is not going to be tolerated by me. And um, we would get together. But see, like I said, parents nowadays don't want to believe that their kid's not trying to most, there's some, I'm not going to say all, but there's a lot of parents I've seen over the years, oh, my kids' studies, you know, they don't know what their kids doing up in that room. Uh, they don't know what they're doing at their friend's house. Friend, they'll tell their mom and dad, oh, well, we're going to go study. And then they're on the phone yakking and going on, cutting up, playing games. This is actually studying. Then when they bring the report card home, they want to get mad because Junior or Betty Sue got a D in English or F in math, and they can't explain it. Mm -hmm. And so when they go in front of the teacher, when the teacher tells them, well, I gave them this assignment, this day was due, this day was not turned in. Mm -hmm. You know, then they're standing there looking at the teacher going, uh. Yeah, but all of that really has to do mm -hmm. with people following through on what their responsibilities true. are. True, and, true. And I just feel like, if we keep our kids out of school too long, after a while, our kids won't be held accountable to follow through on their work. You know what I mean? In fact, I suspect that's already kind of going on. I think it's easier for them to slide through online than it is in person. You know? Oh, I didn't allow my kids to slide no kind of way. Either way. I just, it wasn't happening. Um, in fact, my granddaughter, we had to put her in K-12 like, three years ago because there was some issues with the school 
And um, while she was home, so was I. Mm -hmm. And every time homework had to be turned in, uh, we had, um, me and her mother both had tabs where we could check and see if she got everything done. Oh, okay. And as, uh-huh, see, we didn't, even with that, it can be done. That's why I'm saying all of this homeschool stuff can be accomplished. But mm. the parent and the teacher have to work together. Mm -hmm. you got to, to get it accomplished. Because if you give that child one inch, now, so here's, here's one thing that I think is going to make this much more complicated doing this online. You're, you're pointing out that the parent and the teacher have to work closely to make this work, right? Well, yeah. now, so the teacher, instead of having a class of, say, 30 students to t stand up with, <coughs> now has 30 different parents she has to communicate with. You know what I mean? Well, so yeah. I think that will really greatly complicate the situation. Actually, uh, not really, because if you, not really, because if she does like say, you know how we used to get syllabuses in college, right? Mm -hmm. That gives you the whole study guide for that particular course. Yeah. Okay. Well, on each section, there's a date that is going to start homework, finish. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if they keep track of those dates. And then in between those times, it's going to be like a month-to-month -month thing. They know what to expect from their students. And, and <coughs> if it all works out like that, that would work out well for the student yeah, and, I know. and the parent. But with the problems with technology, with the fact that not all parents are very familiar with technology. That's true, too. Students are struggling with the technology. You know what I mean? And this is new technology that they're going to be trying to learn how to use in, a, in these situations where they're not going to be able to be right with the teacher learning how to use it hands-on, you know? So That's true. I feel like those sorts of things will add a whole other dimension of difficulty to this process. Well, that, yeah, it, it, I have to say it would probably have to go by each child and what's going on in the environment they are living with. You know, like if the parents have are tech savvy or if there is a computer or a smartphone in the house, things well, yeah. like that. Yeah, I understand that. And I, I just do. feel like I mm -hmm. feel like for so many students, so many of our like less fortunate students, the lower income students who don't have access to good computer, computer equipment at their homes, or they may not mm -hmm. have access to a reliable Wi-Fi connection to get right. lessons from their teachers and like get access to um, efficient and timely communication from their teachers when they're struggling with lessons or whatever. I mm -hmm. still feel like there could be a lot of problems with the system. And I think this first year we could make it work, but there's going to probably be a lot of stuff this first year. A lot of people are going to have to, you know, give of themselves to spend a little bit of extra time with people figuring out how to make yeah. it work. And a lot of extra yeah. patience with each other and stuff, you know? Right. That's what I'm talking about because um, that's what I mean by the parents and teachers are going to have to work with it because, let's face it, they've been out of school how long now, right? Yeah. So when they come back in, the teacher's going to be hard-pressed to make them compress all this work that they done done. And another thing, I think they need to give all of our students SATs tests to find out where they're at academically. How much did they lose? Now, that's a good idea. That's a real good idea. 
And I think they could probably administer those online fairly easily. So I think that's a great idea because that way they can actually work on their weak parts mm -hmm. as, while they're building up the stronger parts as well. That yep. makes sense. That makes absolute sense. And like I said, our whole, this whole generation of children, their, their education has been so disrupted. It really concerns me how this is going to impact our economy and our, the livelihood of America. You know what I mean? Yeah, because me and Leon were talking about this the other day, how back even in my day, um, students that really didn't want to study students that didn't want to apply themselves and parents that were too tired to, to mess with them or talk with the teacher. And these were kids that would just literally slide under the rug. Mm -hmm. what, what I would call slip between the cracks. Mm -hmm. um, these students are the ones that wind up working jobs that are under minimum wage or even under the table. Yeah. That nobody ever knows. And they, so, they work dead end jobs that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's because they didn't apply themselves first off, you know, and, and it's sad when you can't reach those kids. Well, what's really sad is they don't realize that by not putting their best foot forward and giving it 100% of their best effort, they're actually shortchanging themselves. Uh huh. But uh -huh. then, too, if our education system is not offering them the tools they need to learn, we're also doing them a great disservice. So it's really a two-way street. You know what it I mean? It is. And then you got cities and states that don't always have the money to spread evenly throughout all the school districts either. And some districts get more money than others. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that. And it's sad because... It should be evenly, but instead, it's not. It's I think like, I, my understanding but, is that the, my understanding is that the education dollars are decided based on population, and like I don't know if you've noticed when you go vote, like on the ballot, there'll be like you can vote on initiatives. Like they'll be asking to raise money. Like you vote on an initiative to give money for one cause or another. A lot of times, those are educational initiatives. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So those sorts of things are how the schools get money. And that's like with the census, that's why the census is so important because that's how they know how many students there are in a school district, you know, and they use like the information from, prop from property owners I, is my understanding to figure out how many students there are in a particular district, you know, stuff like that. And that's how they decide the tax dollars on each, that each school district will get. That's yeah, my understanding. That Right, I get that, but that's not always a fair shake either because they're looking at just property owners. A lot of people don't own property. A lot of them live in rental houses or renting apartments. So, Well, you know, that's where the census comes in, though, because the census literally goes door to door and counts everybody. Right, but then sometimes, like I said before, not everybody gets a fair shake. And I've noticed that. And I know um, there was one school in my district, they were always the, literally the last on the totem pole to get any kind of funding. And they were operating on old mimeograph machines, the ones that you hand crank, 
Mm-hmm. The old ones. I mean, they were operating with those and you know, where they had to put the ink down on the paper themselves and stuff like that. So um, when finally the parents had had enough of this mess, they finally went to the school board and demanded that that school get upgrades. Mm-hmm. So finally, when the parents of that school system got together and went to the school board of the um, I think it was a monthly meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finally were heard, and finally they were able to get some of the upgrades. They weren't able to get all of them, but they got quite a bit. But it took almost eight months. Well, the fact that the parents were able to get some of what they wanted by going to the school board says to me that the school board had the funds that had been given to them by the federal government, but they had not appropriated them Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when the parents raised a ruckus, then they did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there, it's not that the funds aren't being given. It's just that they're not being properly allocated or used to truly help the students. In some places, yes, that's very true. Mm-hmm. And it's irksome because you're like, wait a minute. So these big private schools get biggest amount of the money. And then the secondary schools that are not private, and it might get some, but then you got these schools that are for kids that, you know, are low income, all that stuff. And they're like getting maybe a, a trickle. Okay. So first of all, first of all, Joetta, the private schools, to my knowledge, don't get any money from taxpayers. Like I, I know this because my children go to private school and as a parent, I pay out of pocket for my kids to go to private school and the private school does not get any tax dollars from the government at all. They're not eligible hmm. for any tax dollars from the government. That's how they keep their public school or their private school status. So, so that's, that's an incorrect um, perception of the situation. You know, private well, back then it are, wasn't. Back yeah. when I was going to school, it wasn't, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a switch because it wasn't a completely private school at the time. The one well, that maybe, I'm talking about. Yeah, maybe that wasn't a private school. But yeah, private schools, by definition, they're, they're, they don't get any money from the government. Okay. So. Okay. Which, okay. Is, which is why they can't do all these fabulous things that private schools do. You know, the private schools, they have these great basketball teams, and they have these great trips they can take the students on and stuff. Um, at least that's where the public schools that I went to. But then when I put my kids in private school as an adult, I quickly noticed my kids weren't getting all of those extras that we got in public school. But my kids get a better education because they have more of that close one-on-one, you know, contact with their teachers because they're smaller classes, you know. And as mm-hmm. a parent, I have more say-so about what, over what my kids are being taught, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's another problem right there Mm because classroom size is an issue. That is an issue because if there were smaller, smaller size students and teacher ratio, they would get better service as far as learning is concerned. Because if you got 30, 35 students and you got one teacher and maybe a teacher's aide, you might get somewhere. But if it's just one teacher by herself with that many kids, not all of them are going to get properly taken care of. You know, I think we need to start investing more in our children. And I'm not necessarily talking about more money sent to the schools. I'm just saying we need, to, we need to think better 
about yeah. where we're spending yeah. our money when it comes to teaching our children. And I think we need to use the education dollars more wisely than we've been using them. Because there's a lot of countries that are far ahead of us, and I feel like our kids are getting left behind more and more every day. Mm -hmm. And what's yeah. gone on with this crazy pandemic just really concerns me, you know? Of course. As it does all of us, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, because look at how crazy everything's been got. I mean, every you time we turn around, something's going on. You know what, though, Joetta? I think it's clear that we're heading for some kind of new education system in this country. And this is our opportunity to find something that will actually work. You know what I mean? So maybe they can get some smart people on the, on the project who can actually figure out a good system that will work for, if not everybody, the majority of people. So the majority of people will be getting a better education and getting better opportunities in junior high and high school and on to, into college and stuff, you know? That would make sense. But have they ever thought of putting a cross-reference cross, cross type committee together? Have they thought about it? I don't know. You know, right now, President Trump has so many things on his plate that he's trying to deal with, with getting the virus under control, with um, turning our economy out. The economy is, is like um, zooming back. It's, I'm really impressed what's going on with the economy, and I really feel like we're winning against the virus, too. Honestly, it's the fear of the virus that we're battling more so than the virus itself. I really feel like, on a physical level, the virus is not nearly as damaging as it has been, you know, emotionally and spiritually to people, because they're so terrified. Yeah, so, but look what, look what put the hype out there to begin with. What'd you say? Look what put the hype out there to begin with. The fear mm -hmm. was put out there by the media. Yeah. I mean, think about it. <laughs> if it wasn't for all that negativity in the first place, mm -hmm. this would not be such a situation. But, you know, instead of just letting people, and that's another thing me and Leon were talking about the other day, mm -hmm. um, how people, instead of taking the time to research the stuff for themselves, uh -huh. instead of listening to all the media, Look up the information for themselves. Don't just listen to what the media says. Because for eons and centuries since the media has been the media, sometimes some of the stuff they put out there is stuff they thought up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and some of it got maybe a grain of truth to it. And then some might be true, but then they wrap it up in all this other stuff. So yeah. you can't see the truth for all the mess that's around it. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. you take the time and look it up for yourself, then you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think now that information is so readily available to people online, I really hope more people will go and try to research and learn for themselves what's really going on out there. Yeah. You know, you brought up our friend Leon a minute ago, and I wanted to let our viewers know that Leon is doing great. Um, in fact, he'll probably be with us again next week. He just had something come up, so he couldn't be here with us today. Um, and there's another person that we're going to try to bring in on next week's show. So hopefully there'll be four of us on next week's show. But Definitely. they have to find a different time to tape it next week. Um, Joetta, was there, um, this has been a great conversation so far. Is there anything else you want to add about education? I really think that as parents and teachers, you know, we really need to, 
take the time to really think through what we're trying to get our students to learn, what really counts in life as far as life skills, as far as uh, being valued members of society. Uh, parents, we need to be more involved with our kids. I know life can get crazy, don't get me wrong. I was a parent one time, believe me. And I know life can get away from you. But when you think about it, if you want your children to have a better start in life, you need to be right there with them in the, in the moment of homework. You need to be with them involved in some of the school activities. Um, you need to be there when they're planning um, their schoolwork for the year. If you can get the chance to go to a parent-teacher conference, do so. Be active in their, in their school life, you know, and definitely try to be active with their home life. Because, you know, you just don't know nowadays. Life is so short and time is precious. And if you want to see your children grow up to be really good, productive members of society and a well-rounded individual, take the time to invest time in them. Simple as that. Yeah, those are wise words, Joetta. Um, anyway... Joy, did you have anything else to add before I sign off the show? That's it. Right. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on Becca's World. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. And also drop us a message if you would like to participate. You can email us at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com. Peace out. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.